0: Good morning, Brian family. It's uh, so good to be with you again this morning. We are starting a new series today, uh, simply titled "A Step Closer." Uh, as many of you know, I coached hockey for a number number of years. Some of those years were with really little kids, and with really little kids, it can become overwhelming. No matter what coach you, uh, what sport you coach, it can be almost overwhelming with determining what's the next step that they need to make in order to progress in their sport, right? Because you watch, you watch an eight-year-old on skates and you're just going, there's a lot of work to do. So if you start listing all those things off, it's just like, okay, this is overwhelming, I can't do it. So what you do is you kind of decide, or what are some of the small things they can do right now in order to take steps and to become a better athlete? Well, I think the same is true for our spiritual walk and our growth and becoming more like Jesus. I, know, I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror and I'm thinking, I am a long ways off. I have a lot of work to do. So I need to think about different circumstances and disciplines, circumstances in my life that can happen, that can that God can use for my own spiritual growth, and then disciplines as well that I need to uh, become better at in order to take those steps closer to Christ. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about some of those things over these next several weeks and in, in this series that we're in. Uh, today, though, is talking about a circumstance or circumstances which can lead to our spiritual growth. Uh, you know, it, it's been said that We don't really ever grow on mountaintops. It's usually in the valleys, isn't it? It's usually in the valleys that we can experience some serious growth. And I think one of the reasons for that is we recognize our need for God in the valleys. Amen? It's too easy to be sure of ourselves on the mountaintops. It's in the valleys that God can really uh, use those experiences in our lives for us to grow in Him. Today, I've invited a good friend of mine. Uh, you're, it's going to be hard when he comes up on stage to determine which one's Dan and which one's Pastor Shamron. We're basically twins. Um, it's going to get more funny in a minute. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, if you're not familiar with the history of Cambodia, uh, something called Khmer Rouge, this regime that came in and, and there was genocide from about 1975 to 1979, which uh, um, claimed the lives of between two and three million Cambodians. Uh, My brother, our brother, and my friend, Pastor Shamron, survived those killing fields of Cambodia. And uh, I've invited him to come and do our first uh, sermon in our series, A Step Closer. Uh, Today is A Step Closer Through Crisis. Would you guys give a warm welcome to Pastor (laughs) Shamron? Twins, right? can you tell which is which? Am I tricking you right now? Can I pray for you, brother, before you bring God's word? God, thank you for my brother. Uh, thank you for First Covenant, Oakland, California, for allowing him to come and to uh, share your word with us today. May, may Pastor Chamran just be uh, filled with your spirit, that he may speak with your power, and that we all might take a step closer to you as a result. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: So Dan and um, he's my friend, my brother, and colleague, and partners in the gospel. I am so full today, even though uh, before sharing the word of encouragement to you all. But I'm so grateful for you. You know, Berean is one of the famous name on earth. Do you know that? Now, if you don't know that, so let me tell you this. It quote from Acts 17 to Acts. Um, yeah, Acts 17, they say that um, the Bereans are more noble than the Thessalonica. Acts 17, 11, you can write it down. Because why? What makes Bereans noble? Because Bereans, when the Bereans heard the word of God, the Bereans take heed, it, and the Bereans allow God transform their life. Rather than the Thessalonica, when they heard the word of God, they persecute the preachers. Like Paul. That's what made the Berean family today more noble, right? <laughs> amen. Somebody say amen? amen. That's right. Yes. So we all, I am so grateful that for the church Berean family here. I'm grateful for Pastor Dan that allowed me, I mean, by God's grace to share the word of encouragement to you. And I'm grateful for Jim and uh, Lenora and host uh, a little motel suite under their house. And we live and be grateful for Diana and Dolly and, and Jerry and everyone and all the staff to provide us what we need to be here. I'm just grateful. And now, it's the time to go to the Lord Jesus, the one who wants to speak to us and about getting closer to God through crisis. So um, before I start, I want, I want you to know that God are uh, always so good to, to me, you know, even though that in the midst of crisis, that I never understood So what happened in my life. But as I look back, I have many reasons to be thankful for. So now let's pray. Good morning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as we, your people who love you, who knows you, who call you by name, speak to us in a very special way, O oh God. Open our eyes that we may see you. Open our heart that we may know you and love you and trust in you, Lord. Speak to us that life will be touched and transformed by the power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so if you have your own Bible, if you don't, it's okay. And to turn to Psalm 78, verse 23. Psalm 78, 23. The Bibles tell us, I Psalm is one of the, the 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 best book of the Bible because they're all the best in the Bible, all the best. And but one of the best book in the Bible, Psalms 23 verse um verse 28, it say that, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all your works. Now, I want us say to each other, turn to your next person and say, it is good for me to draw near to God. Can you do that right now? Let's do it. Turn to each other and say, uh, it is good for me to draw near to God. Okay, let's do it. One, two, three. Let's do it. Yes, we all need to be reminded. I remind myself. Say, Jumran, it is good for your soul to draw near, closer to God. So there were three things in this one small verse, but a very powerful verse. One of my favorite verse in Psalm 23, verse 28. So, first thing we learned about, thing about we, learned, we learned that uh, desire, desire to draw closer to God desire, but it is good for me to draw near to God. Friends, you might wonder, why do we as a people of God need to draw closer to God? Why? If you look around you, if you look within yourself, and you can tell, you can witness that. The world that we live in is not the, the world of first hand that God created in Genesis 1. It no longer existed. Filled with wickedness, increase, abomination, troubling. Every evil thing you can name in the Bible was right now, was we have to live with that. We have to go through with that with Christ's help. So that's why we, we need to draw closer to to Jesus day by day. You know, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this God is not a dead God. He's alive. He's almighty. He's available. And he is able. And he's still active even though with our naked eye we couldn't see this invisible God. But he's alive, almighty, available, able, and active. You and I, friends, beloved, you and I can call on this name above all names. His name is Jesus, the only one name that can save you and me and humanity. The only name that can say us from sin, from this wicked world, this fallen world, this fragile world. His name is Jesus. That is why Pastor Dan and every faithful pastor preached the word about this name is Jesus. And also that I realize that the more you and I draw closer to God, it is good for our soul because we need Jesus every hour. Don't you know that? I love the, the, the famous hymn, the title, We Need Thee Every Hours. When you and I as a people of God come to realize that, realization that, oh my soul, I can't live without Jesus. I can't do anything without Jesus. I really need Jesus every moment of my life that will draw you and me closer, step closer each day, each moment to God. That's what it means, desire to draw closer to God, moment by moment, day by day. Beloved, sometimes we're caught up in this world. Sometimes we forgot, you know, who we are. Sometimes we forgot what is the the ultimate purpose of my living on earth. Sometimes we forgot about where my future will behold. It's all right. Even though you and I, we are uncertain about our future, but we have to be sure that we know the one who hold the future. His name is Jesus. He never failed you, friend, believe me. Since the day I gave my heart to my Jesus, he never failed me once. Even though I gone through the killing field over 46 years ago, because last Sunday, April 17, it marked 47 years of the killing field, the genocide in Cambodia. It started from April 17, 1979. It's ended in January 7, 1979. Three years, eight months, and 20 days. So desire, you can pray this prayer every day, beloved. Lord Jesus, my soul need you the most. My soul need you first and foremost, more than anything else in my life draw me closer to you each day you know when when i was in israel i never sang that song but when i was in israel over 10 years ago because the world in israel was not like in america Bethlehem used to be the land of israel was in the it was was occupied by the enemies and did not allow the jews even the driver of the bus go through that place and I sang this song by Michael W. Smith, the Christian artist song, one of the famous songs. I love that. Draw title is, Draw Me Closer. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. Cause nothing else can take your place. To feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find a way. Bring me by to you. You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. Help me know you are near. Each time when I repeat this song, it just make me cry. I want you to know this, friend. The cry that I'm crying, my tear is not the tear of my pity. It's the tear of my joy, knowing that my dear Savior is always with me. In every circumstance, wherever I go, wherever you go, beloved, Jesus was always there, already there for you and with you. That will give you such a comfort, thought, and confidence, and cheer you up. And also the second thing that we can learn here, depend on God wholeheartedly. depend on God wholeheartedly. It's the same psalm 73:28 say that I have put my trust in the Lord God. So depend on God wholeheartedly. I mean you know right what depend means that trust, confidence, rely on. The only things in the world that are reliable, that you can count on, is Jesus. All else will fade away, will be gone. Dominions, power, princes, leaders, humanity, even the planet Earth we live is going to be gone for one day. But with something will remain. Hebrew 13.8 says that. The Lord Jesus Christ will be always still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Only Jesus will remain the same. That is why you and I need to depend on him moment by moment, day by day. Think about this one. Can hospital help humanity if God did not provide us fresh air to breathe? No, we can't. Remember, almost three years ago, in January 2020, when pandemic start, the whole world was so panicked. Why so make the whole world panic? Because they don't have ventilation. They don't have machine to breathe, help this patient breathe. They're afraid, they say, we're all going to die. That's right. That's what, that, that's what make us think, and then make us thankful, and then make us trust Jesus more. He, the Creator, gave us light, sunshine, moon, day and night, and beautiful natures, and breathing beautiful fresh air to breathe moment by moment. You know what Acts 17, 28 say? It says that, for by Jesus, we are still alive, active, and moved and existed. Can somebody say amen? Amen. That's right. That's why we need to depend on Jesus. Do you know what the Bible says? Between Genesis 1 and Revelation 22, in the middle of the Bible, I want you to write down in the tablet of your heart, if you don't have something to write down, Psalm 118, verse 8 and 9, it says that it is better to trust in the Lord than people. It is better to trust in the Lord than princes. That the most powerful verse in the Bible And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. One of the most powerful words that you and I need to embrace, need to remember, need to remind ourselves in, in crisis and difficult times. That we will continue to put our whole trust in Jesus. And Jesus alone. In the killing field, even though I've gone through tortures and beaten nearly death many times and almost dying with disease and starvation, living on rice for three months, and, 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 and darkness and difficult days and deep waters. And you know what? The only person that I can still trust always is his name is Jesus. That's why he taught me to pray. My child, don't pray long. I already I know before you pray. And don't, make any, don't, don't pray any use big word to impress me. You don't need to impress me. I only be impressed by humanity who loves you, who knows you, who knows me. So pray short, simple, and with sincere trust in Jesus wholeheartedly. And Psalm 62, 8 says that, Oh, people, pull out your heart to God. And trust him always. Even though a lot of things happen to around our brothers and sisters, that make us wonder, that make us doubt. Sometimes we get lost in this dark world and difficult world. But always trust in Jesus. He never fails you. That's why 1 Corinthians thirteen eight say says that love never fails. Because God is love. He never failed you and me, even though anything, anyone failed us, but Jesus never. So trust in him. I would encourage you. This is one of the most joyful when you trust in Jesus rather than trust in anything in the world. It's easy to trust in possession. You know, remember when we have enough money in the bank, it's easy to trust. Oh, we don't have to worry about you. In the future, we have everything we need, we want. But that thing... Would be gone somehow someday but jesus always still remain so the, the 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 third thing we need to declare the one the works of, of god declare the work of god psalm 23 verse 28 said that, that i may declare all your works that i may declare all your works you might wonder why god keep you alive from day to day, friends, do you ever wonder that? Here's the main reason. Here's the main purpose that you and I may declare the marvelous works of Jesus. Now think about this one. Before, may over ten years ago, before 9-11, before the twin towers were down in New York, because I live in, I live on the along the border of New York, I live in Danbury, Connecticut. I know so well I've been there sometime. even went up there. And what he said on that day? You know, when the, when the Twin Towers down, people are so panicked. Because in, in America, I never experienced that way. But Jesus never down. He never let you down. So that's why you can trust in him. And then you can declare about him. And now they build the new one. When we look up, think about this one. When you and I saw those tall buildings, we never praised the tall building, right? We praised the hand who created that tall building. It's so marvelous. The, the engineer, you know, they designed that beautiful building tall. We don't praise the building itself. This is reality. So the same thing when you and I been created in God's own images, in his own images. So we praise our creator who created us. This God is the almighty God alive, available, able, and active. We praise him day by day. That is why in every worship place where God's people like you and me begin to um, declare his name. We just say, thank you, Jesus. You know, every worship time, I always feel comfortable because this is my brother and sister. Even though the first time I've been in that church or that place, they are my brother and sister. You are my brother and sisters. We had the same father. We had the same last name, our Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus taught us in Matthew 6, 9, when you pray, you pray this way, our Heavenly Father. Hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So that three things we learn about: it is good for me to draw closer. God, give me a desire to draw closer to You each moment, each day, through crisis. Secondly, God, help me to depend on You wholeheartedly. I need to tell ourselves. My soul, we can't live without Jesus. Oh, my soul, we can't do anything without Jesus. Oh, my soul, we can't make it any, any day through without Jesus. That depend on Him already. And then declare, God, give me a word to say something good about you. To tell the whole world. To tell the universe. To tell my friend. To tell my classmate. To tell my coworker that how good you are, Jesus. Jesus is a good God. He created everything good, if you're not sure, read Genesis 1. And you might wonder, oh, why, if Jesus is good, why my life always goes bad? No, nothing's wrong with God, God always good, because the world is so wicked. We are living in the fallen world, in the fragile world, in the failed world. That's why we are going through hardship, but it doesn't change any, the nature of God is good. He always good, He good all the time, he do good. Even though we did bad things, but God can put everything for our good. That's why Romans 8, 28, 29 says that we know that all things God worked together for those who loved Him, for those who He'd been calling according to His purpose, so that we may become more like Jesus, His Son. That's amazing. May God bless your heart, beloved. May God bless your hand as you faithfully serve. May God bless your health, keep you stronger and steady to serve Him. And may God bless your home, keep you all from the wicked one. And let me show you something about Cambodia here. Cambodia mission from the killing field to the living field. That we call genocide. Here, the picture you can see that. It was amazing what God has done. We declare the works of God. Each time when I look at the pictures, I was amazed what God has done. we have like, we start the mission in Cambodia by the grace of God from summer 1991. And by the grace of God, we were able to step in the land of Cambodia for 30 mission trips had been done by different team members. And they are beautiful. These are heroes of God, men and women who invest their treasure, their time, and their talent to offer their life to be used by God and so God can use them to touch and transform the lives of many Cambodians. So since summer 1991 until summer 2019, this is good news, God has given us over 5,000 souls through the work of evangelism in Cambodia. Give God a hand. Beloved, if you love mission, if you love lost soul, go to Cambodia with us. So Pastor Dan and the team was, I'm sure they're ready. I mean, ready to go because in Cambodia, even though it's, yes, that's right, under communist rule and reigns, we are grateful for the leader there. They allow us to have freedom of religion. You can preach and teach and plant churches, and you can share about Jesus all over the country of Cambodia. This is the gift to Cambodia. As long as you have strength, as long as you awake, as long as you have time, you can have more soul in Cambodia than in any part of the world. In America, you can have a soul like you find eagle, only one by one. But in Cambodia, the whole village, you can see these pictures. The whole village is set on the ground with humble heart, with honest heart, saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. So what caused us to get closer to God? There was something that I learned about this one, as Pastor Dan mentioned. Chaos, crisis, changes, circumstances. They are all bad, right? But... The eyes of God saw that these things, chaos, crisis, change of circumstance, they are good for you and me. You know why I will tell you the, the, the true story? You might remember, right, when, when when we were young, right, we go, when our parents say, Oh, let us go to the park. Let me say, Yay, right, we say, we rejoice. And then when the car stopped at the parking lot, and who the first who ran to the playground, it's not parent; It's children, us, right? We ran, like a joyful excitement. And then suddenly while the parents stopped the car, parked the car, and unpacked everything in the car, and heard the cry of the children in the park, out loud. And then they ran toward the parent, right? The children, right? And then the parent hugged the children, and, and pat. it's okay, it's okay, D, it's okay. It's okay, why? because the children, they fall down from the high place to the ground and bleeding. What caused the children to draw closer to the parent? It crisis. See that? That's what happened to you and me. If we live in a so comfort zone, we might not need God. You know, sometimes I've been talking with some family church members in different churches I saw in the past. Even in the prison, it's time, some people say, oh, I asked them, do you need any prayer? Is there anything I can pray for you? They say, they think about, oh, no, Pastor, we don't need any prayer right now. But actually, everyone needs prayer, right? Amen? Even though we don't need prayer, oh God, I, I, I pray for housing, I pray for work, a job, I pray for healing, even though we don't need that, but we need to praise God anyway, right? Thank you, Jesus. At least I thank you, Jesus, for giving me breath to live now. Here, I want to, you to hear this one. What causes us to get closer to God? Chaos, crisis, change, we don't like change, we don't like chaos, we don't like crisis, and then circumstances change as well. Psalm 119, 67, let me re- repeat for you, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now. I closely follow your word. I love this song. And Psalm 119 verse 71, it says that my suffering was good for me. Can you say that? Can somebody say that? My suffering is good for me. Can we say like the psalmist say? With honest heart, with humble heart, can we say that? Let's say it together. My suffering was good for me. Let's do one again. My suffering is good for me. For me Now, you might wonder, how can it be? How can the bad thing is good for me? The next one says that. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Let me repeat again. Psalm 119 verse 21. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. And then the last one. Psalm 119 was 176. Psalm 119, 126, it says that I have wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me, for I have not forgotten your commands. This is the word of the Lord. Beloved, may God bless you all richly day by day. You know, I just want to share with you a few stories. When I was five years old, I never thought I would be alive today. When I was five years old in Badabo province. I live nearby the, the Songhai River in Cambodia. I'm about to jump into the river. As I crossed the street because I was so excited, I forgot to look right and left. As I ran past the, the, across the street with a tricycle with four brothers on the top and hit me hard and knocked my head down on the road, I thought I would die and crush my skull. And then they ran over me. You know what? There was a scar about this side, core size on my body. The mark on my body will be forever marked. But what I learned about suffering scar, is not the scar of my sufferings or my grief, but it's the scars of God's grace that spared my life until today. That I may declare the name of Jesus who spared my life, when I was five years old. And then when I was 17, April 17, 1975, so when the commander took over, I'd I gone through the hardship, the suffering, torture. So one time was liberal rice for three months, only fish potato leaves. And then I survived. 20 people in my family was killed and tortured and died on that time. So it was really hard for me. But by the grace of God, I'm so grateful to be alive and active in God's service. By his grace, he called me to serve and declare his work, what he had done for my life. And then I want to share with you about something, not just in the killing field. So along the border of Thai and Cambodia, I was robbed by three gunmen. And then you know what happened? They opened fire with AK-40s, 35 bullet shop. You can't miss it. Only few yards, so that the ever I never prayed that prayer. That the first time I ever prayed, I wrap my arm around, I turn my bike toward the robbers, and then they they open fire. I, before, I they open fire. I prayed, Jesus, if I die, take just take me to heaven. With broken tears. I know I will be in heaven, even though I don't know anything about theology. But I know Jesus, my Lord and Savior. He's the Lord of Heaven. So I'm alive today. And then in America, death I I, I, still follow me. May 31st, I will be 64 years old. This is real age. And over 20 times, nearly death experience that Jesus saved me. I can't shut my mouth. I can't be silent. I want to share what Jesus has done for me today. So may this word continue to encourage you and defy you and also lift you up. So as we close today, so may God bless you, and I want to invite um, our band team come, and, uh, and may God bless you all. Let's pray. Father, as we, we come before your throne of grace and remind ourselves, Lord, about what you've done in our life and how Christ has drawn us closer to you, Lord, help us to know you than yesterday. Help us to know you more clearly And help us to love you more dearly and help us to follow you more nearly. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.